Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Three o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. Cardinals training camp continues. This is the final week. They will host the Baltimore Ravens. No Lamar Jackson for that game. No Kyler Murray for that game today. Uh, Coach Harbaugh confirmed that Lamar Jackson won't play in that game on Sunday. Of course, that uh, vaunted 21-game preseason win streak on the line. It's big. For the Baltimore Ravens Sunday against the Arizona Colonels. It's going down. It's big. It's, it's, it means the world, I'm sure, to John Harbaugh and the, uh, and the Ravens. The Cardinals, in the meantime, when they're done with this preseason game, they yeah. go to Nashville, a couple of joint practices with the Tennessee Titans. They play the Titans, and then boom, that's it. Regular season opener time for the Cardinals against the Chiefs on September 11th. And the question still kind of looms over the organization. What are they going to do about their secondary? What are they going to do about the corners that they have on the roster? Antonio Hamilton, and God bless the confidence, um, was talking yesterday about the ultimate faith that he has in the room where the corners are. And to hear him tell it, they don't need to add a thing. I don't listen to none of that stuff, to be honest. Um, I don't really care. I, we got the ultimate uh, faith and trust in our group of guys that we got. Uh, as y'all can see, if y'all been watching uh, a lot of the training camp of what's been going on, we've been making plays. No buzz coverages like that. And, you know, we've been consistent. And we're just growing and gelling with, e- with each other. So, I don't know if it's just guys want to, you know, a big name guy to hang a hat on just to say, oh, we got such and such, but nah, we believe in the guys that we got here, and you know, whatever that uh, core guys are, you know, that's what we rolling with. Right, that's good, man. I'm glad you're not a GM. I'm trying to think. What was that? Was that? You remember, remember the movie? Was it 300? The movie 300? Kind of like a gladiator movie. Yes. Yeah, it was a gladiator. What was, the, what was the ending like? Weren't they all surrounded in the ending? They were. Yeah. They. They. If I remember right, they were as the the um, Persians. Or, the Persians were attacking them. Right. They yeah. kind of like circled up and right. were and were defending themselves against the Persians. Of course, they all died except for one of them. I right. Think. That's yeah. what I think about Antonio Hamilton's statement. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's the Persians? I think like, like that cornerback room's like, I'm sorry, it's not good enough. You're all going to die. Like, it's just not good enough. It's just like, you have potential. <laughs> you've got potential and you've got potential and you've got potential. The cornerback room is not good enough. They've got to make a, they've got to make a play for a player. And I expect, I expect that they will make a trade. I really do. I think that they will make a trade. We keep looking at every cornerback that becomes available and every cornerback that becomes available. It's just not somebody that, that, that I really feel that they're kicking the tires on. There was a player just the other day is a, uh, uh, that that got released from Tampa Bay. Um, the uh, what Cockrell, was I think yes, name. Cockrell, yeah. yes, Cockrell. Yeah, and I don't think that's a guy. They they, they kind of looked at him and feel like he's more of a nickel guy. He's not a very fast player. So I think that they are going to make a trade. I expect that the Cardinals will make it. Now, may come after these next set of preseason games where a team feels like okay, we're over the hump now. We don't have to worry so much about injuries because nobody's going to play in the final preseason game. But I do expect that they'll pull the trigger on a trade and get themselves a player rather than, I've been saying this for a while now, that I don't think that there's a guy out there on the street, a street free agent, that they they feel like, okay, I'm going to be able to go get this guy and he can come in and help. 
Getting a guy on a trade also helps because it's a player that's been in a camp. It's been the guy that's in shape. He's ready to go. He's just got to come in here and learn your system. But he's in shape. He's been player rather than somebody that's sitting at home and hasn't played. A Robert Alford hasn't played. A Kevin King hasn't played. There's a bunch of guys that haven't played. So I, I think they'd prefer somebody that's been playing. Funny, I'm thinking about it almost from the other way now. How all of those free agents that we're talking about and have been talking about for what weeks, months? None of them have signed, right? No, none, none of them. I mean, the Jack Rabbit Jenkins is still no. out there. Joe Hayden is still out there. Uh, Kevin King is still out there. Uh, Malcolm Butler, who who this time a year ago oh, shocked man. the world by retiring. He's out for the year out for the, the New year. England Patriots. His career is probably done. But all of those guys that we've talked about, hey, maybe this guy, maybe that guy, you were leaning Kevin King for a while and now you're not. All of those guys, none of them have signed. They're all still available. I, I think the question about the trade is, and I know you've been saying that for a while, when is the optimal time to get that done because it, it, I, I get teams want to protect themselves from injury. They're probably not going to play a lot of their starters in preseason game number three, so you'd probably think next week would be the time to do it. You don't want to wait until the last minute to do it. You want to get the guy in. Yeah. You want to get the guy practicing with your guys. Seven to ten days of yeah. like, practices. Yeah, you, you, you can't just bring somebody in the week of game one and go, okay, go get him. You're he's not going to help you. No. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't it, know your defense. It might defense. take him weeks before he can help you. Right. You need which help is why, now. Which is why I think that teams... But nobody wants to trade right now. It's very You very rarely get to trade now because there's still enough time left. There's a preseason... You don't want to trade... Say a team trades a cornerback and, and then, then they have a preseason the game and yeah. then they lose a cornerback. Like, why do we trade this guy? Right. So a lot of... Th- now, usually it's after the third preseason game where you'll see more trades because the fourth season game, again, you're not going to play anybody. But now it's more likely after the second. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a cornerback via trade sometime next week. Now that being said, I don't blame Antonio Hamilton for the confidence that he expressed. Can you go in, can you imagine going into your boss's office and saying, "Hey, I'm not really good at my job. You should probably hire somebody to do my job for me." That's basically, I mean, Antonio Hamilton, when he says, no, our cornerback room is good. We're fine. We're okay. Yeah, We're set. He's got a chance to be the second cornerback he, he, right now. He might. And so he's not He's not going to go in there and bash the room to the media because you you, you want to express confidence in the guys that you've got. You know got. what irks me? Hmm. This, and, and I don't know why. I don't know if this irks you, too. Russell Douglas. They had him. Oh, that. They had him. He was here. I know. He, he he ended that, up being great. Like he was great last year. That irked me last year. It irks me now. I, I, I got over it a little bit. Now you just poured salt into the wound. Like they had a you know they didn't realize they it, no but they idea. had a really good corner. It was one of the better players on that Green Bay team because well, they brought him and Antonio Hamilton at the same same time, time right? Yeah. Same time. Oops. Now Hamilton's good, but Rasul Douglas is like he was really good last year. He was really good for the. I was Packers. like, you guys had that guy. You uh-huh. let him go. He was he was really really good. Can somebody explain that one to uh, me, please? Today also, and he didn't say a whole lot, but Marquise Brown met with the media, Hollywood Brown. Um, these are very brief sound bites because they didn't want to get into a lot of detail on the speeding arrest. I'll play for you what I've got from Hollywood Brown. He talked about the speeding incident in which he was allegedly going 126 miles an hour. Uh, and just learn from it. Uh, you know, I'm not a guy to get in trouble, so you know, I just put it in my past and you know, make sure I'm always doing the right things at, at, at all times. Why was he going that fast? Uh, no, I can't really get into it. Were you late for practice? No, I wasn't. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. 
Didn't want to talk about it a whole lot. Stupid. I mean, there's no, there's no explanation. Like, yeah. uh, hey, why, why were you going that fast? Because I'm stupid. Because I was stupid. I well, did a no. stupid thing. I'm not stupid. I did a stupid thing. I, 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 I did a dumb in thing. The moment thinking he might have been late for practice and maybe that's why he was going. I mean, that's yeah. sort of the. It happened at what seven o'clock in the morning. It's kind of the logical explanation is that yeah. maybe he was late and he felt like he needed a. I thought I was on the autobahn. I mean, I don't know. It was, it was a dumb thing that he did. He yeah. did a dumb thing and 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 hopefully learned his lesson. He's from also that. playing the Ravens this weekend. I don't think he's going to play because he's got the hamstring injury. I mean. Like people get it wrong. Like I, I love being at the Ravens. Uh, just the organization and what I what I stand for on the football field is what they stand for. It was just some, you know, for my career uh, that I had that I had to do. But I love you know everything that the Ravens do, what they stand for, and everything like that. Well, I love that. I love that he. I love that he's praising his old team and saying all the right things. I love. I, I always don't burn the bridge, man. Don't burn the bridge, right? I mean, they they gave you an opportunity uh, to play and make something of yourself, and so I, I always like when guys take a little bit of the high road, whatever it is, and says not angry with them, and it's just about happiness and stuff like that. But don't, he doesn't rip his former team. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, they call this era in the NBA the era of player empowerment. Guy asks for a trade, guy gets a trade. Is Kevin Durant the beginning of the end? of the player empowerment era. We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. You know who's not going to be watching Kevin Durant this year? A national TV audience oh. isn't going to be watching Kevin Durant this year. Well, what if he plays for another team? No. That's, you've got to, and he could be on he, national TV. Depends there, on if he plays for the Suns. He's going to be on a lot of national the, televised that's games. That's true. There had been a lot of speculation uh, over the last couple of weeks that the reason why the schedule release, which was today for the NBA, the reason it was being delayed was because the league was waiting as long as it could to find out yeah. where's Kyrie going to be? Where's KD going to be? It's the right thing to do. Where's Donovan Mitchell going to be? Which we'll have more on that in just a moment. Of course, it's absolutely the right thing to do, and they, they probably could have Waited well. I don't know how much longer they could have waited because remember, these the, the owners and these teams, man, they're looking to book the arena for other events, right? And they need that schedule before they can start booking concerts and other events in their buildings. So they, they can only wait so long. There was a lot of speculation. The league yeah. was waiting to see, and somebody booked Morgan Wallen because I need to get my wife tickets to go see him. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I get a notification every time one of his songs pops up on my radio, which is like every five seconds. You know what? I'm Morgan team, Wallen song. I'm, she, she I'm team Chelsea on this one, and you know why? She loves herself some Morgan Wallen. I, I'm team Chelsea on this one because she's going with you to America again this weekend. <laughs> Dear God, you owe that woman all the Morgan Wallen commercials. No you owe her all the concerts in the oh, world man. for putting up with another uh, America concert with I need you. Thomas Rhett and Morgan Wallen. Wallen. I need tickets. They need to come here and I need to buy tickets for those shows. ASAP. Somebody book them. The Nets have gone from 26 nationally televised games to only 13 in the 0203 yeah, schedule. Yeah, they cut it in half. Schedule. Wow. And, and uh, even more interesting than that, while we're still six weeks away from training Are camp, you surprised they're on at all? Like nationally televised? You got to have oh, some. Oh, sure. I mean, you got to. That you, still seems like a lot. You got to hedge your 13 bet. 13 out of 82? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the Suns are on, what, 30? 
34 like half times the time. <laughs> on national TV. <laughs> I think they're on TNT just 11 times alone this upcoming season. So, I mean, you got to hedge your bet if you're the national networks a little bit in case he is there. Get ready for those 830 games. I thought it was really interesting. Oh, I hate those 830 games. Oh, they're a disaster. Oh, they're them. a freaking disaster. Hate them, hate them, hate them. Does anybody like them? Like, does anybody out there? Like, I really love the 830. Really? You know what? When I, uh, honestly, How? I'll be the old guy in the room for yeah. a second. Earlier, I didn't mind them because I was staying up that late anyway. Now, I don't like to stay up that late and watch games that late. I, really I know. Don't. You got to bed like, what, 930? Uh, I'm in bed by 10, usually. 930, 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah I, but to stay up for 1030, 1045. I know. I'm old. Get over it. Um, no, no, those games don't end until 1130. I know. It's a three-hour game. Because they don't like start until like 850. They always start after the other game ends, which is 20 minutes later than it's supposed to. Seriously, yep. we sound so old complaining about this. We, we, <laughs> we sound like those two old guys, you know, sitting up in the, in the cheap Get seats. Get off my lawn! Yeah, I don't want to be old. Get off my lawn, guy. You know what? 830 games, fine. I can manage it. No, I, I think what's really, what's really worth talking about for a few minutes is this column that you sent me today mm-hmm. suggesting that the lack of movement on the Kevin Durant front suggests that maybe this is the beginning of the end of the player empowerment era. And for those who aren't familiar with that phrase, the player empowerment era is James Harden going to Houston and saying, get me out of here. Okay, you're out. Then James Harden going to Brooklyn. Get me out of here. Okay, you're out. Right. Mello saying, get me out. This guy said, we know the player empowerment era has been going for 10 years now in the league. Are the Brooklyn Nets saying no to Kevin Durant? Is that some sort of proof that this is the beginning of the end of the player empowerment era? Or is this just a very special set of circumstances we're looking at? I That's a good question. I think... It a lot of it has to do with the length of his contract. Yes. As to why Totally agree. You're the owner, you could just say no. You're for you no. Not like I did every and for them what they're saying is listen, I did everything that you asked. I fired Atkinson, I hired Nash. I got you Goran Dragic, Lamarcus Aldridge, I got you Blake Griffin. I took DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen. I took Harden over being able to have four guys that can help us with depth. And that is saying Durant created this mess and he wants Brooklyn to clean it up for him and they're saying no. Not trading you for a couple of first round draft picks and a couple of role players. Like, it's not going to happen. I think the other thing that works against Durant is the age and the injuries because he's not a 28 year old superstar or even a 30 year old superstar. It's a 34 year old superstar. You don't like, so I think that works against him a little bit too because it's, I think, okay, if he was, if Kevin Durant was 28 years old, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have any problem extracting more from these teams. Not at all. Like, then what's being offered to you right now? Yep. Boston would be like, okay, you want Marcus Smart too? Okay, we'll give you Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown because I'll team Jason Tatum up and Kevin Durant for the next eight years. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why I don't think this is the end of the player empowerment era. I don't think this is the beginning of the end of the player empowerment era. I think this is a very, that's why I phrased the question the way I did. I think this is a very special set of circumstances that have kind of combined that have kept Kevin Durant in the nets for just the reasons you exactly said. The four years left on the contract, that takes a lot of his leverage away, right? Like, what are you going to do? Not make $200 billion? Get out of here. Of course right, you are. Right. Can't um, hold out. You know, that and the Nets, the Nets aren't getting offers because he's 34 years old. And quite frankly, because I think a lot of these teams are kind of hesitant to put great players in because they're afraid Kevin Durant's going to do the same damn thing to them two years from now. We're going to give up all of this stuff from Kevin Durant, and he's just going to want off our roster two years from now. That's why the picks are why easy. Why go through it? I'll give you the, the Sun. I'll give you four first round picks. Yeah. We're not going to miss those. I'll give 
you four first-round picks. Mikel, Take them. Cam, we're going to miss those, especially if right. Kevin Durant decides he doesn't want to be on our roster two years from now because that's all he's ever done. As I've said from from day one, the Suns are tr- very much trying to do this deal without having Mikael Bridges in it. Yeah. From day one, I've been saying that. they And the Suns are very reluctant to gut their roster. It's one of the things I reported early, the Suns' reluctance to gut their roster just to add Kevin Durant. It's a, it's a, but it is, the empowerment thing is interesting because it is, and I think a lot of people are enjoying seeing the Brooklyn Nets tell Kevin Durant no. I think we would be enjoying seeing the Brooklyn Nets tell Kevin Durant no if we weren't one of the places he wanted to go. Fair. I think we'd be yeah. like, yeah, screw it. Tell him no. Stand your ground. You're you're in the right by telling him no. But because we want him to come here, we're willing to kind of bend those rules a little bit. Speaking of trades, the Knicks and the Jazz, according to a report on The Athletic, have reignited Donovan Mitchell trade talks. Uh, the Knicks had fresh talks with Utah during the past week about a different version of a deal for Donovan Mitchell. There's no traction between the two sides. No deal is imminent, but there were conversations. The report also claimed the Hornets and the Wizards are both actively pursuing Donovan Mitchell, but the Knicks are perceived to be the most aggressive in going after him. Yeah, and then the Knicks will find a way to screw this thing up. It's just that Danny Ainge wants a, a king's ransom to get seven of the Knicks' eight future first-round picks is oh. what Utah is believed to want. Seven right. and, of and, the future and the Statue eight. of Liberty and the, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. Right, and, I mean... And that great bagel place down on 3rd. All that pro- stuff. Just Madison, throw it all in. Maybe I'll just give Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Mecca. Like, I just like... it's What they're asking for, they could probably have... They could probably get Staten Island. Well, I mean, if they threw it in there. Staten Island. It is Staten Island. There's nothing that great out there. Highland Boulevard. It's a pretty popular spot. They could. Uh, And then finally, from the NBA, LeBron James um, has agreed to a two-year, $97 million contract extension that keeps him with the Lakers. It includes a player option for the 24-25 season. There's also a trade kicker. Makes him the highest-earning player in the history of the NBA. $532 million in guaranteed money for his career. He just passed, of all people, Kevin Durant on that list with how much money he's made. The question is, and we've got a little bet on it, is is this the last contract he'll sign? There have long been rumors and suggestions, and I think LeBron's even on record as saying he wants to play with Bronny, his kid, when he's draft eligible. That's two years from now, and LeBron wants to give himself the flexibility to be able to go join whatever team Bronny's on so we can have his little Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr. moment. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's so far down the road, so it's hard for me to look at a guy at his age, knowing that he's under contract for two more years in the third year, and say he's going to play somewhere else. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. Hey, I want to give you this little nugget on the Suns nationally televised games and the Nets nationally televised games. Yeah. Do you know they actually play each other in a nationally televised game? No, I didn't know that. January 19th. Okay. Four days after DeAndre Ayton's trade (laughs) trigger kicks in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gee, that's not going to be talked about at all during that game, is it now? Look at Detective Gambo. Yeah, seriously. Suns Nets, January 19th. The trade trigger for DeAndre Ayton is January 15th. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't man. think that's going to be talked about during that game? Oh, if he's not boy. traded by that time. Oh, uh. boy. When we come back, the children at Phoenix Children's Hospital need your help. How can you help? Well, we'll tell you next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The give for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the auction Indian community. 
98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Give a thon on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's easily the coolest thing you can do today. $20 a month. Commit $20 a month to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Yeah, be cool today. Be cool today. Be a cool kid it's, today. It's, it's easy. It's it's easy. And, and yeah. again, I don't want to make it sound like it's easy for everybody because I understand what's going on with the economy and inflation and things like that. It's never it – never, it never seems like it's a good time to ask, but it's never a bad time to give no, because to the, Phoenix Children's, the right? Need is, the need is great and the kids can't wait, and that's just the reality. But I've always said I've, – I've talked to people that have used – the donation as part of a uh, discussion at the dinner table with their families. And it's a great lesson to teach your kids. Hey, what's going on today? How was school? Great. How was it? Hey, you know what we did today as a family? We decided to donate $20 a month to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. Oh, really? Dad, why? And and you talk about that at, with your family. like Because there's a lot of kids out there that, are, that aren't as blessed as we are, that have healthy that, that You guys are healthy, but other kids aren't. And there's families that are in the hospital right now. They celebrate Christmas there, Thanksgiving. They celebrate, and you explain to your children why you're doing it. And the kids are like that's so cool. Yeah. Like you're like so you are. You're the cool kid today. You're the cool kid. I've I've heard from families. I've talked about that. How that could be a great discussion at the dinner table to keep teach your kids an amazing lesson. Hey, I I did something today. I wanted to tell you kids about it. We're going to donate twenty dollars a month to the Phoenix Children's Hospital, and here's why. It's such an amazing place. I really do miss when, and hopefully the day can come where we could be back there doing shows from there. I, I really miss being there during this give-a-thon because it's, it's just such an amazing facility with amazing people. And, the adrenaline and, rush. Oh, I just, yeah. The just, adrenaline rush. And, and then, the, and then you know, going upstairs and delivering the teddy bears when people become a champion of hope. It, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful, It's a, they do wonderful work there at this place and doing everything they can. And, it, and it's reflected in the fact that, that they've had people visit them from all 50 states in, in the U.S. Eight different countries have sent people to Phoenix Children's Hospital. I mean, you're talking about one of the very best, not only in the country, in the world. And we've got it here in our backyard. And when you have something that special, you have to work hard to protect it. So here's the cool thing you can do today. You can become a champion of hope. $20 a month. That's all we're asking. We'll deliver a teddy bear in your name to one of the 324 kids who are at the hospital right now. And it's it's a great thing that you can do. Here's how you do it. You call the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-9. Nine three three four five six seven six zero two nine three three four five six seven. We can't do it alone. We can't do it without you. We can't do it without great check presentations like this one from Panda Express. Hi, my name is Aaron. I'm with Panda Express. This year, we're giving a hundred thousand dollars to the Giveathon. Thank you to our guests and associates for helping us raise this money. I invite each of you to call in at six zero two nine three three. Four five six seven to donate. Wow! Wow! I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> Clearly, wow! As by the woo that I gave out when that happened, I didn't. I didn't that wasn't on my sheet here. How about that? A hundred thousand dollars! Wow! From Panda Express. We salute you. That Thank is you very much. Fantastic. It's it's you know it's great to see the businesses and a lot of times you know we'll ask businesses reach out if you got the ability to you know, to call the phone bank and make a donation as a business 602-933-4567 is the number you could call you can get to, you can gather donations with a bunch of employees or make a donation as a business as well. Time for another story of hope from Phoenix Children's and it's presented by presented by Madame Homes and it's Colton's story getting a driver's license. 
it's a big milestone for any teenager. Everybody knows it. For a parent, it's a milestone that comes with its fair share of concerns. Getting a call that your son has been involved in a serious accident is one of your worst nightmares as a parent. This is Colton's story. I'm Tara. I'm Colton's mom. And I'm Colton, and this is my story. I was heading home from the lake and my back tire blew. His car rolled about 10 times, and on the third roll, he was ejected through the front windshield head first. I blacked out on the first roll, and then I woke up on the ground. Couldn't move my legs, and I was pretty beat up. I knew I was paralyzed. So damn easy say the life's so hard. Everybody's got their share of battle scars As for me, I'd like to thank my lucky stars That I'm alive and well They were pretty close, so I was able to get there before the helicopter A horrible feeling, because <laughs> you don't know, um, is he going to make it? He grabbed my hand and told me he was sorry because he didn't have a seatbelt on. <laughs> and I uh, gave him a kiss and he told me how much he loved me and I told him how much I loved him and I just held him for a minute and that was pretty much all we had time to say. And today you know that's good enough for me. Phone to PCH. His leg had been degloved. He had a broken back and then an aortic tear, and it just kind of kept piling on. And the nightmare just got bigger and bigger. And the blessing was was that he was alive. I mean, he just every doctor that came in said that scientifically he he never should have survived that car accident. Stars are dancing on the water here tonight. It's good for the soul. There's not a soul in sight This road has caught its wind And brought me back to life Now I'm alive and well I made a goal when, and that was that I wanted to walk across the stage for graduation to receive my diploma. I'll be walking across the stage in two weeks. It's um, amazing how far he's come. Hopefully I don't fall. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. If he would have gone anywhere else, there's no way he would have survived. That's where he needed to be to live. He's going to walk again. He's going to do some amazing things in this life, that's for sure. Wow. Cool story. That's where he needed to be to be alive. Oh, yeah. It's the one of the greatest fears you have as a parent is when your kid starts to drive. Oh, yeah. It's one of the greatest, I death. mean, scares you to death. It does. It's just so, 
It is. It's so scary, and um, because things like this can happen. Everybody out there who's not a parent listening to us right now, just wait. Just wait until you're a parent, and that driver's license, and that those first couple of weeks, those first couple of months, those first couple of years, they're the worst. Where they're driving, it's just. Yeah. It's sometimes it's hard to sleep. You remember because, not being able to sleep? I do. Not being able oh, to sleep because yeah. your kids were yeah, out. Like, yeah, scary. So scary. Yep. So, thanks to Colton um, for telling his story. Colton's mom for telling their story. But again, it's about PCH and it's about how, you know, they go anywhere else and it's just a different outcome. That's what Phoenix Children's Hospital is all about. So, a match is what we're all about right now. And it is a match from Desert Financial Credit Union. And you can call the Desert Financial Credit Union phone bank. Why not? How convenient a is that? A match from them. A match from them. 602-933-4567. That's the number. 602 933-4567. Every single dollar that is donated over the next several minutes will be matched by Desert Financial Credit Union on the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. So your $20 becomes 40. Your 50 becomes 100. Your 100 becomes the, the 200. 200. <laughs> Double the you, your money's doubled. It's a great six zero two nine three three four five six seven. It's always a good time to call. It's a great time to call when you hear the music because the music just means Desert Financial is going to take your donation and dollar for dollar they're going to double it. Now what we'd like you to do is become a champion of hope. Donate twenty dollars a month. Have a teddy bear delivered in your name. Uh, we will take whatever donation you're willing to give. You want to do a one time donation? Do it. You can't afford twenty dollars a month? Okay, that's cool. We get it. If you can do twenty dollars a month. Understand that a teddy bear in your name is going up to one of the 324 kids at that hospital right now. It's the ideal scenario, but do it however works for you when you call the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. Because when you become a champion of hope, we fire up the train teddy bear express and we send it upstairs where a teddy bear in your name gets delivered to one of the kids there right now. Gambo and I have both had the pleasure over the last several years of delivering these teddy bears, you have no idea what sort of an impact you're having to those kids and those parents when you walk in that room with a teddy bear in your hand. It makes until their you've day. done it. Yep. It uh, makes their day. They hug that teddy bear like it's the most important thing in their life at that moment, and you have the ability to give that kid a teddy bear today. 602-933-4567. We're in a match. Your money is doubled right now. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, back to sports and back to to ASU football. Jaden Daniels projected to be the starter at LSU after his transfer from ASU and his mom said, of all people, watch out for him this season. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. College football season's getting closer and closer. We've already had a few conversations about, obviously, all the guys that ASU has lost, both in terms of the transfer portal, and NIL, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the injuries, mm-hmm. right? They're defensive linemen. They've lost a tight end, one of the six actual players they, you know, high school players they recruited. They lost him for the season, I think, with a foot injury. One of their tight ends. Uh, it's it's going to be, you know, we're expecting a quarterback announcement. We, we all know it's going to be Emory Jones, but we're expecting that announcement from Herman. 
afterwards at some point in time. It's going to be it's going to be a really weird college football landscape moving forward because of the realignment and waiting for that to happen, new TV deals, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and, and how it's going to look. And in the midst of all of it, we're going to we, we've mentioned this a few times. A lot of these high profile kids that have transferred away from ASU have transferred into big name programs, which means the opportunity to see them, even if you're seeking them out or not, it's going to be there, whether it's Ohio State or Florida or USC or Jaden Daniels and LSU. Some of the main players for ASU who left are with some of the biggest programs in the country. You're, you can't help but to see them in the fall. Yeah, and I think the biggest one is Jaden Daniels. I mean, he was the quarterback. He was here for three years. I, I fully expected when he came in, he would go down when was one, as one of the great ASU quarterbacks, and there's been so many good ASU quarterbacks and some great ones. And, you know, I thought he, I, I mean, even to this point where I, I read a story today about Jake Plummer and his mushroom garden, you know, because he's so popular still, you know, that he's got a mushroom factory. And he wants to mushrooms live forever, right? Does he? he wants to live forever, yeah. Jake Plummer. Good mushrooms mushrooms are, the, are the key. He's got his fingernails painted and his toenails painted and in the, the photos. And he's talking about, you know, mushrooms and technology and chemistry and how great it is. But, you know, if you if you're if you're a great ASU quarterback and you go on to have success, you, you'll be famous here forever. I thought Jaden Daniels had that chance. I thought they had a chance to be one of the best. It didn't happen. Now he's going to go to LSU. They still have not named him the starting quarterback, although a lot of people are speculating it's going to be him. Yeah, and his mom, who, depending on the reports and the allegations, played a very prominent role in some of the things oh, yeah. that happened at ASU when it comes to the recruits and bringing the recruits in when they weren't allowed to do it. Uh, Jaden Daniels' mom went on Twitter spaces this past week and took what many perceived to be a shot towards ASU. Tom Brady is not good without chemistry with his receivers. He's going to put the ball there, but if they running the wrong routes and they doing stuff, what, what is he supposed to do? You know? And the line, he, he don't want to run. He's been at Pac-12 lines that just collapse. And, you know, they're, they're good kids, great kids, and we love them all. But he's not going to sit there and take 60 sacks, guys. He's not going to, at one point, he's not going to get up. And I can tell you, for him being wiry, you can ask Florida State. And you can ask you Washington, you can ask all these people. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Oh, boy. Yeah, basically, your line sucked. I love you guys. You're great. You guys sucked. <laughs> Seriously. That, yeah. was the, that was the ultimate but, right? Yeah. Man, I mean, they're good kids and everything. They're good kids. But we love them. We dot, love them. Dot, but dot. God, they couldn't block Jeez. to save their ass. My kid was getting killed back there because of your kid. Yeah. My kid's getting sacked because of your kid. That's right. Your kid's got to be better. Like, Come on, lady. Come on. Like, <laughs> Take the higher road there. Yeah, take the higher road. Yeah, but you know, you've got to... You've got a kid in club ball, right? I mean, that's the kind oh, yeah. of stuff that. Oh yeah, if I'm going to uh, talk about another kid not being any good, I'm not doing it in front. Like I'm just doing it at home with my wife. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, right? You, you, you don't do that stuff to the other people. You know, never. You never. Know. Hey, Jake would have had three RBIs if your kid hadn't run into that out on the bases. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Quentin would have scored easily <laughs> if your kid had just run out that ground ball. Yeah. You know, boy, you just don't want to do that. But you well, know, how about the pitchers. If your kid's a pitcher, mine's not. Oh, but he would have oh. never. 
gave up those runs if your kid had actually made a play. Uh, it's just it's like it's, it's oh, just yeah, that kind of stuff. You just cringe. You just as a as a parent whose kids played youth sports and college baseball, and you've had kids who played youth sports and college athletics. Man, that is so cringy to hear mm. any parent say that about you know. And she might be right, you but keep, you don't say you it. You don't say not that. Now. Not you after keep the that fact. stuff to yourself. She said, "I'll tell you one thing. He's probably worked out with his quarterback coach more than he's been at LSU than he did when he was at Arizona State, and that's in California. <laughs> they worked out more. The quarterback coach at LSU worked out more with him in California than the quarterback coaches at ASU did the time he was there. Yeah, it's it's not so. We'll we'll keep an eye on him, and then of course we're going to keep an eye on realignment and new media rights deals. Uh, saw a story where George Klyovkov, the new not the new commissioner of the Pac-12, but the commissioner of the Pac-12, he's kind of new. Uh, he's been on the job for a year now, he's year and a new. half. Yeah, he's new enough where he's not going to be new for much longer when he gets this new deal figured out. Um, it's been suggested as much that maybe in order to keep like Oregon and Washington around when they realign things, that he might have to arrange it so those schools get in a disproportionate share of the revenue in order to make them happy because they're so important to the conference. That's something that might be coming down the road here at some point. I still think that if they get the opportunity to leave, I, to leave, they leave. And I'll just give you an example. I was looking at something off the, uh, you know, off the Wilner hotline, and it just says this, the, the additional money that like USC and UCLA going to make. Now, they're going to add more money in travel and more money in expenses and subsidies and stuff like that. But then they're going to get an additional, you know, $32 million in expenses and $90 million in revenue. It's a net gain basically of $58 million by leaving. $58 million. You know, $7 million more in travel, $15 million more in AD expenses, $10 million more in subsidies they'll pay. But they're going to get $90 million in revenue and it'll be a net gain of $58 million. How do you combat that if you're George Klyovkov? How do you combat that? Hey, I can make... Now, that's UCLA and USC. If Oregon and Washington can get the same... They say they can't. Say they could get... Forty-eight million instead of fifty-eight million. Still, how do you combat that? How do you? Hey, stay with us, and even though we can't, we can only pay you a few million dollars more instead of forty million dollars more, fifty million dollars more. We think you should stay with us. I just don't think there's a good argument there. No, it's just a question of whether the Big Ten still wants them or not. And there's been a lot of suggestion that the Big Ten is kind of done. That not, they're, right, right now, that they are. That they're ready to right move now. on, and so you might buy yourself another five or six years with Oregon and Washington. But obviously, this is going to continue to hang over your head. Uh, as college football continues. Now, when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, the full NBA schedule was released today. And one of the highlights, if that's the word you want to use, is the start of the season. Man, is it a doozy for the Suns. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show.